0: Listening to a podcast from Light FM. Good morning, Asha and Terry, here with you today on The Light Breakfast. Now, when it comes to mental health, statistics don't lie. For millions of people, the holiday period is the hardest time of the year.
1: And our guest today is motivational speaker Emma Benoit, who knows all about finding light in the dark and has helped thousands of people transform their lives by sharing her story all over the world.
0: Emma, you traveled the world in order to share your extraordinary personal story. Can you recall the exact moment you made the decision to share it and why?
2: I believe that I was just getting home from the hospital after I made the decision to go public with what had happened. I decided to start sharing my story by blogging, and I decided to turn my blogs into a digital online platform. So I developed a website, and in doing so, I really found that sharing my story through journaling was a really authentic way for me to really express what I had gone through mentally and emotionally. And I really felt kind of called in a way Hmm. to use this experience and help others recognize some of the signs that were very evident in my story. But unfortunately, the people in my circle weren't aware that those were the signs and symptoms to be looking for. And so I feel that I really decided to utilize what I had gone through and share that Mm -hmm. um, approximately after I came home from the hospital. Okay. Do you
0: remember actually making the decision to Mm -hmm. share it in the first place? Like, what sort of happened around that? Because it's a very powerful thing to sort of Put yourself in that place hmm. to speak sort of such a, a vulnerable truth, which actually shows strength as well. But do you remember the decision around why you decided to share it?
2: It was because of how many of my peers, really and truly, that was the turning point for me in really recognizing the real unique power that I have with my story. Um It really started because of the fact that many of my peers, adolescents, young adults, teenagers, were expressing to me similar experiences and challenges that they were facing, only in private and in silence. And so I feel that it was really because I heard their experiences and had my own that I recognized how important it is to use these stories because of the fact that that stigma is so real. So it was about that was the experience that really was that crucial turning point for me in deciding to
0: share my story. How old were you when that decision was made? Yeah.
2: Um I was about 17 turning 18. That's that incredible. Same
0: year. I mean that's sort of my son's age. I, that shows incredible fortitude and and power of power of character and person. Yeah. Thank you.
1: You speak about that? your dark night of the soul to strangers. How has choosing to be open and vulnerable changed your lived experience for you?
2: It has shaped everything. It has really shaped my perspective. It's really given me a clear sense of purpose. And like I said, I really do feel called in a way. I believe that, you know, not many people are blessed and fortunate to have second chances after something as you know, crucial and life-changing as a suicide attempt. And so having that second chance, I feel that my perspective was completely shifted and it continues to shift and evolve as I use my story to raise awareness and provide hope for people
0: struggling. Have you found that from the time you sort of started to share publicly, I mean, in public versus just a blog, to where you are now in terms of how you share and what you share... How has that sort of changed in terms of what understanding you've gained and learned from other people Mm. being a part of those sharing sessions with you?
2: I have learned so much. I've really learned more than I really could even ever fathom learning in the realm of sharing story and understanding mental health better. And what it's really done for me, it's been therapeutic to utilize something that was so traumatic and so painful in an experience that I had had, you know, for several years prior to the attempt to be able to bring that hope and provide that resource for people, it's really invaluable. Um, I would say that I've really learned that the biggest thing that I've learned probably is that behavior is a language. And so when we're wanting to help someone struggling, we've got to really look at their behavior that they're exhibiting. And for me, that's the key at really helping people struggling who don't feel confident and have the courage to speak up and share that they're struggling for whatever the reason may be. You know, there's several different factors as to why people don't speak up and share what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that in the journey of sharing my story, that's been one of the more crucial points That I've realized has been standing out that, you know, a lot of times the behavior that people who are struggling are exhibiting Hmm. is kind of being missed under the radar.
1: You've mentioned about the various stories that you've heard along this journey as well. Are there any commonalities that you found between these stories?
2: The stigma, the stigma that is surrounding mental health and the conversation around mental health is truly a very common parallel that I see amongst every generation, amongst every background, everyone really has that stigma in common. And it, and it really just boils down to a societal issue. Um, And ultimately my goal is to remove that stigma because it is so common Mm -hmm. because it is a repetitive thread that I'm hearing in conversation.
0: Emma, what's surprised you the most about the impact you have had on other people's lives?
2: The most humbling impact has been with suicide loss survivors, parents of children that have unfortunately, tragically lost their lives to suicide. Mm. Hearing how my story and my experience has given them a sense of peace and understanding in where their loved one's mind was at in the moments leading up to, mm. and really just The invaluable fact that I am able to share with loved ones who are grappling in this grief and lack of understanding and really anger with their loved one for not feeling like they could come to them Mm -hmm. just to let them know the simple fact that I had instant regret and there was nothing that any of my loved ones could or should have done to prevent this. It really was a perfect storm that starts with community and reshaping the way that we think about mental health and the way we talk about it. Mm. Um, That's been truly the most powerful thing for me in my journey.
0: Have you met others like yourself who have actually survived and have, you know, come to you and sort of spoken with you about their experience and, and sort of hearing you perhaps that's also impacted them into doing more with their story that's also mm. then ricocheted and impacted back on you
2: 100 percent. and that has been one of the most greatest i think one of the best things that could have come from me sharing my story is the positive ripple effect that it does inevitably bring because when people hear me share my story so authentically so vulnerably they then have the courage and the real belief in themselves that they can do it too and because of the impact that my story has on them they then feel confident to share their vulnerable moments and their negative experiences to then make Mm -hmm. an impact themselves. So it really is a very positive ripple effect. And pretty much every survivor or person who has experienced depression or really just anxiety has come to me and shared that by me sharing my story, it has given them the courage to share theirs. So, and that too has been um, truly something that is invaluable to me.
1: When it comes to sharing so publicly as you as you've done, it's almost inevitable for many people to get while there's support and there's appreciation, there's a lot of different people online who trolls. can sometimes exactly that's mm. it, trolls, <laughs> who will who will bring their negativity as well. Have you had to deal with those types of um comments and feedback How do as well? How yeah. do you deal with that? Yeah.
2: I actually, you know what, have been pretty fortunate. I get more positivity than negativity pretty much every day. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Of course, there are still, you know, the few apples that aren't so kind, yeah. but I really take any kind of negative feedback or criticism um, and kind of review it from an outsider's perspective. And I try to view the perspective or the comment that is coming my way as that's where they are, you know? And I really kind of feel like the negative Feedback that I've received has been merely because of a lack of education and understanding. Truly, Mm -hmm. I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of people, they're kind of ignorant in a lot of ways when it comes to what depression really is like Mm -hmm. for those struggling. So I feel that when those negative comments come my way, I just kind of respond to it the way that I would want to be responded to if I was in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And I just always lead with grace Mm -hmm. and
0: understanding. Wow. I'm just, just blown away right now.
1: Yeah, you're, not everyone would be able to be in this position of yours and and deal with it with the grace that you've been dealing with it. Yeah, people who are struggling with depression and
0: feeling suicidal don't believe that it's possible to feel differently, right? Which leaves little room for hope. What do you say to them? Because it's so hard to believe as anything past this massive cloud of state of being.
2: I would say, first and foremost, I know what it's like. I've been you, I've been in your shoes. I don't know circumstantially, mentally or emotionally what you're experiencing or going through. But the one thing that I believe can really help you is reminding yourself and acknowledging that the only constant in life is change. Mm -hmm. So it may feel like you are stuck in this dark place. It really may feel like there are no solutions to your problems, but I want you to know that your brain is lying to you mm. and you are not your negative thoughts. You don't have to attach what you're going through as you're a part of your identity. And the only constant in life is change. So while it may seem like there is no hope, we have to remind ourselves that sometimes hope is in the words that we are too afraid to say. Right mm. And lean into that fear and embrace it and just find someone you feel safe opening up with find someone that's going to validate you and make you feel heard in whatever it is you're going through because i promise you this too shall pass and there are better days ahead for you Mm -hmm. because ultimately you know humans we struggle but Mm -hmm. we always come back victorious if we keep going we keep fighting and we lean on the people that are closest to us Um, it can really lessen the burden off of you.
0: This is going to be a bit of a ballpark question. And obviously, there are lots of resources out there that can really make a difference if you, A, go look for them, B, Mm -hmm. if someone happens to share one with you. But if someone were to ask you, say, hey, Emma, could you recommend a website a resource a blog a page besides yours of course that i could share to help somebody that isn't a trite you know if you're feeling depressed or Mm. suicidal ring this number because that can feel very like i don't know cold almost and Mm. and sort of you disassociate from that as a person what would you say Mm. in terms of resources where where would you send people to the top three well
2: first i would say uniquely whatever you're going through try to find People that are going through similar things. I know that there's a myth out there that if we talk about our struggles, we talk about suicide specifically, that it's going to plant the idea in someone's head. Mm-hmm. That's not the case at all. What i found to be very powerful for people going through things is joining support groups, whether that be virtual support groups, in-person support groups, or really just opening up that dialogue with your coworker or a peer Or even maybe a stranger that you see every Sunday, you know, going to your yoga class, right? Mm -hmm. So finding someone you feel that you can meet with that is unbiased, that's not super close to you, because sometimes going to someone that's super close to you is difficult because there's that connection and that relationship. So I would encourage find your support people, find your people, and then furthermore, books are, from my experience, one of the best resources. I'm a big proponent for self-help books. Mm-hmm. Um, Brene Brown is an incredible, incredible yeah, is, yes. um, author and speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm a very big advocate for Brene Brown, as well as um, Dr. Stacey Friedmenthal She wrote a book called Loving Someone with Suicidal Thoughts. And it kind of serves both purposes for someone with suicidal thoughts, as well as someone supporting someone who's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... Reading that type of material, really educating yourself on ways to help yourself and others can only better equip you to navigate life's challenges. So I would just say, do some research, find supports near you, and um, don't be afraid to look into literature because that is kind of how I got my start. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I started journaling, but I started reading first. So Mm -hmm. um, really just look into that literature that exists out there. Um, because really, education is the first step to destigmatization.
0: Just a woman to woman question. You know, when you become an advocate and an activist for something, it sometimes becomes all of you when that isn't all of you. That is just something you do, that is something you action upon. But you, Emma, as a woman, have <laughs> a life, have have goals, dreams, aspirations, and things going on there. So just woman to woman, like how do you manage? the weight and importance of both big sort of parts of, of you.
2: That is my greatest struggle as of late. And I'm I've gone through the ebbs and flows of it really. And it's a constant reminder to remain balanced in, you know, advocacy and work life versus personal life and taking care of me. I often have to remind myself of the things that I preach, right? Practice what you preach. <laughs> I have to tell myself, you tell everyone you can't pour from an empty cup. So you've got to go fill your cup. And sometimes being a giver and being so devoted and to people and serving others, it can be difficult to remind yourself to serve yourself. Mm -hmm. um, But that's why I equip myself with a really amazing support system, Mm -hmm. because they hold me accountable. And one of the highest forms of self love is discipline. So I remind myself that I have to be disciplined with the things that I need to do for myself, um, as opposed to sitting on the couch for all hours of the afternoon, (laughs) because I've had a week of extreme emotional turmoil with you know sharing my story and mm-hmm. helping others it's it's exhausting emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. and sometimes i do veg out and huh. that's why my support will come and say we got to get up we got to what do you want to let's go get some coffee you want to go for a walk like you want to go you know to the bookstore i love the bookstore it's my <laughs> like sanctuary <laughs> you know so little things like that mm-hmm. um i have to remind myself to do um because you're right i i i am a person outside of this hmm.
0: My big thing that I'm walking away and telling my 60 year old kid who struggles a lot with his mental health better now is the highest form of self love is discipline. Thank you, Emma. Thank Incredible. You, so much. you just blow my mind. Thank oh, you.
2: Thank you both so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You are phenomenal at what you do, by the way. The way you pose questions and how eloquently you ask them, I, I'm really pleased with meeting you guys today. I really appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.